Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, for another day to come into your presence. Another day to share your love. Another day, Lord, to be able to touch your heart. Daddy, I thank you for a brand new day. Lord, I declare this morning be glorified. Precious Lord, as we come into your presence this morning, Lord, we have come to give you glory. We have come to give you praise. We have come to magnify the covenant-keeping God. We have come to magnify our Father, the one who loved us so much and gave up so much to redeem us to himself. Father, we say thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for the gift of life. Thank you because you kept the breath in our nostrils. You are the reason why we are alive today. Thank you, Lord, for this great privilege to be able to call you Father, to be able to come into your presence. Lord, we worship you and give you glory. Thank you for this beautiful privilege as we all gather all over the world to praise your name. Jesus, we declare that we love you. Be glorified in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, as we tarry again in your presence, as we stay here, Lord, to fellowship with you, we ask, Lord, uh, speak to us once again. We ask, Lord, that you will help us learn the lessons right here in your word. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help our heart to be receptive. Help us to become doers of the word. But let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right, so let me say a good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone joining into devotion. I am Murphy Eyenike sharing this time with you. Today we continue our reading of the book of Esther. Yes, Esther. Yesterday we took four chapters. Uh, today I will take three chapters so that we just complete the reading of the book uh, tomorrow so that it is not all, you know, uh, just tightened up and crumbled up together. So we will take three or four chapters today and then finish the reading of the book tomorrow. I don't know whether I mentioned yesterday. I don't think I did. Yes, Esther is just one of only two books named after a woman in the Bible. Of course, the other one we already read, that is the book of Ruth. Ruth. Esther, okay, of course, is named after the queen Esther. Now, there are those who feel that, mm, who wrote the book of Esther? Was it written by Esther? Most likely, definitely not. I don't think it was written by, by Esther herself. Maybe, maybe Mordecai maybe somebody who worked worked with her but the lessons are real um the lessons are very real and i'm sure you could relate with the esther yesterday when the danger came that they were going to be killed and then she said look you people um fast 
and pray for me for you know for for these uh, three days you know fast and pray for me and then Esther herself was praying with her maid and that is where we we'll take up the story from Esther chapter 5 please get your bible remember we always read the new living translation on the third day of the fast Esther put on her royal robes and entered the inner court of the palace just across from the king's hall the king was sitting on his royal throne facing the entrance so would you do like esther when confronted with a situation a situation that seemingly uh, really if you really think about it uh it's not prayer you need right here what you need is scheming what you need is plotting what you need is planning what next should we do to be able to counter this you know these schemes but you see esther's approach was to pray was to ask that people would pray for her you know and with her okay and that's very important usually when we face you know difficult times when people are pressed and pressured usually what is inside them and what and whom would they trust in will reveal themselves okay so in esther's case here it is clear that esther's old trust is in the covenant keeping god who is your own trust in okay but usually you should be able to tell when we are pressed then you will see that our trust is in the words of men our trust is not in God at all because he is the last person we want to hear anything from. Esther is faced with this. The first thing she does is to fast and pray for three days. And on the last day of, of the fast, you know, she approaches the king. He is facing the entrance. Verse 2 says that when he saw Queen Esther standing there in the inner court, he welcomed her and held out the golden scepter to her. So Esther approached and touched the end of the scepter. The truth is, yes, it could have gone 180 degrees and the king could have actually been angry with her. And just like he banished Vashti from his presence, he could have just banished her. But for God, yes, favor comes from God. And I'm telling you, there is nothing God cannot do. The Bible says that he is able to turn the hearts of kings, okay, and make them do things that he wants them. He wants them to do according to his will. So right here, God turns the heart of this great king, you know, to favor Esther, you know. So Esther touches the end of the scepter, verse 3 says, Then the king asked her, What do you want, Queen Esther? What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it is half, if it is half the kingdom. Okay, so for whatever reason, of course, we know that it is prayer, but the king is impressed, the king is excited, the king is happy to see Esther, and he's offering her even up to half of his kingdom. Verse 4. And Esther replied, If it please the king, let the king and a man come come today to a banquet i have prepared for the king the king turned to his attendant and said tell Aman, you know to come quickly to a banquet as esther has requested so the king and Aman went to esther's banquet 
And, and while they were drink, drinking wine, the king said to Esther, Now tell me what you really want. Yes, because the king is smart. Obviously, what you want is not just that I should come. Maybe if you had asked for me alone, maybe maybe that would have made sense. But to ask for a man too, and there's something more to this. Now tell me uh, what do you, what you really want. What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it is half the kingdom. Esther replied, "This is my request and deepest wish." If I have found favor with the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my request, and to do what I ask, please come with Amon tomorrow to the banquet I will prepare for you. Then I will explain what this is all about. So I don't know why Amon is not so suspicious. And this is what I've learned about people, people that are proud and full of themselves, okay? Until the spoke is right there in their heights, almost you know pricking them they won't see it okay they will be the last person in the room to really understand what is going on and amen i'm telling you is the last person to understand what is going on you will see what he is thinking verse 9 says amen was a was a happy man as he left the banquet but when he saw Mordecai sitting at the palace gate not standing up or trembling and nervously before him amen became furious okay he said he was happy, but he, he left that place. He was furious because somebody was not trembling and bowing before him. And I don't know you. I don't know. You have people like that. I know people like that who want everyone to be bowing and just make obeisance to, to them, you know, just to be crawling before them, you know, and that gives them a sense of importance. Okay. And, and I'm telling you, that is just so wrong verse 10 however he restrained himself and went home okay because he couldn't just do it in front of people then Amon gathered together his friends and zeresh his wife and boasted boasted to them about his great wealth and his many children he bragged about the honors the king had given him and how he had been promoted over all the other nobles and officials you know the bible says that pride you know, and the haughty art goes before a fall and a destruction. Okay, so having received everything, having been favored by the king, is that not enough? Then you then go home and you are proud. Big lessons, so big lessons. And I think one of the things we will take from today's today's reading is a man's attitude. Are you like this? Hmm. The Bible says a haughty heart goes before a fall. Pride goes before destruction. At the end of it, I'm telling you, usually it's a fall. So he is boasting to his wife and his friends. Then Amon added verse 12. And and that's not all. Queen Esther invited only me and the king himself to the banquet she prepared for us. And she has invited me to dine with her and the king again tomorrow. Then he added, but this is all what's nothing. As long as I see Mordecai the Jew just sitting there at the palace gate. And I'm telling you, this guy must really, really be very, very terrible. So Amon's wife, Zeresh, and I'm telling you, may God not give us uh, this kind of wife. It says, Amon's wife, Zeresh, and all his friends suggested, set up a sharpened pole that stands 75 feet 75 feet tall and in the morning asked the king to impale Mordecai on it 
when this is done you can go on your merry way to the banquet which the king uh, displeased a man and he ordered the pole set up hmm. i'm telling you you will see what i one of the lessons i learned very early as a young christian uh, we call it divine providence okay when god on his own just moves without anyone having to do anything verse let's go on to chapter 6 it's chapter 6 verse 1 says that that night the king had trouble sleeping so he ordered an attendant to bring the book of the history of his reign so it could be read to him yes we call this divine providence why was the 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 king restless that night and why was it that when he asked for the book to be brought it was this particular book book that was brought to him obviously his reign had been quite long you know and so much had been written about his success you know remember his his victories right from ethiopia you know here in africa all the way to india so a lot would have already been written concerning his reign but then to then bring the book and the book that was brought is exactly the book you know that god wants you know him to hear or that would lead you know to um a restoration or the defense of the jews i'm telling you uh is what we call divine providence god on his own just moving okay so he said please bring it let it be read to 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 me verse 2 says in those record he discovered an account of how mordecai had exposed the plot of Bictana and teresh two of the eunuchs who guarded the door to the king's private quarters they had plotted to assassinate king Xerxes. yes you know we read about this earlier you know but of course nothing was done to mordecai and he didn't press for anything anyway he says what reward or recognition did we ever give mordecai for this the king asked his attendant replied nothing has been done for him so i think maybe the record just shows there that nothing has been done because i don't know why this attendant knows that nothing has been done but i'm telling you this is divine providence okay so when the attendant says nothing has been done for him verse 4 who is that in the outer court the king inquired so obviously it is now morning okay as it happened a man had just arrived in the outer court of the palace to ask the king to impale mordecai on the pole he had prepared and i'm telling you god just saved Amen. Or maybe postpone his foolishness and death to you know into the future. Because if he had asked the king before the king spoke, it would have been very terrible for him. I'm telling you, because uh, the king was about to ask him about somebody that saved his life, and he was bringing a request for that person to be killed that would have just been strange verse 5 says so the attendant replied to the king a man is out in the court bring him in the king ordered so a man came in and the king said what should i do to honor a man who truly pleases me hmm, i'm sure a man is smiling a man thought to himself whom would the king wish to honor more than me and i'm telling you this is what pride does to you it blinds you I'm telling you, it will blind you for seeing from seeing the obvious. 
yes they he was sure that mm, i'm the one to be honored so he replied if the king wishes to honor someone he should bring out one of the king's own royal robes as well as a horse that the king himself has ridden one with a royal emblem on his head let the robes and the horse uh, be handed over to one of the king's most noble officials and let him set see that the man whom the king wishes to honor is dressed in the royal robes and and led through the, the city square square on the king's horse after the officials shout as they go this is what the king does for someone he wishes to honor this is what the king does for for someone he wishes to honor and i'm telling you why a man is thinking about all this he's daydreaming he sees himself on the horse you know with one official behind him or in front of him you know shouting you know him and telling everybody to bow and of course he's imagining how mordecai must be trembling that ah now I am in trouble. Verse 10 says, Excellent. The king said to Amen, Quick, uh, take the robes and, the, and my horse. I'm sure even up to that point, he's still thinking I'm the one. And do just as you have said for Mordecai the Jew. You see that? That's when I'm telling you the guy would have felt like a big fool. Who sits at the gates of the palace? Leave out nothing you have suggested. So of course, obey the king fast or you or you die so Amon took the robes and put them on Mordecai, placed him on the king's own horse and led him through the city square shouting this is what the king does for someone he wishes to honor afterward Mordecai returned to the palace gate but Amon hurried home dejected and completely humiliated so this looks like very something very simple after that has been done to you what would you have done if you were Mordecai? Would you go back to your duty post or will you go back home and go and be priding yourself? Big lessons to learn to learn from from, from Mordecai. Big lessons also to learn from, from Emmanuel. But I think big a bigger lesson to learn from Mordecai. Be humble. Be humble. The Bible says that God lifts up the humble. He lifts up the humble. Those who are humble make themselves candidates for God, for God's lifting. And I'm praying God will lift you up in the mighty name of Jesus. So, Amen. Orange home, dejected and completely humiliated. I would have been humiliated if I was the one too. Verse 13 says that when Amen, Amen told his wife Zeresh and all his friends what had happened, his wife had his, his wise advisors and his wife said, "Since Mordecai, this uh, since Mordecai, this man who has humiliated you is of Jewish birth, you will never never succeed in your plans against him. It will be fatal to continue opposing him." My question is, I don't know whether they just found out that Mordecai was a Jew, but obviously one of the reasons why why a man wanted to kill him was because he was a jew yes he was a jew the jews had dealt the israelites had dealt with his with his ancestor okay so he really i'm sure it was one of the reasons why he wanted to get back at the entire jewish race okay so but for them to be telling him that look <laughs> he's a jew i'm sure they were referring to the fact that look 
God is fight, God is the one fighting for him. So just forget it. You would not be able, you know, uh, to 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 succeed, you know, against him. Instead, it might become fatal to you. So they told him to discontinue. Uh, Fourteen says while they were still talking, the king's eunuch arrived and quickly took Amman, Amman uh, to to the banquet Esther had prepared. All right. So let's finish this one from today. A man goes to the banquet. I don't know about you. If I am the one, I am already scared. What is going on? Why is everything turning against me? But a man is still priding and enjoying himself. So the king and Amon went to Queen Esther's banquet. Yes, for verse 1. Since on, the, on this second occasion, while they were drinking wine, the king again said to Esther, Tell me what you want, Queen Esther. What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it is half, half the kingdom. Queen Esther replied, I'm sure you have not forgotten that Esther was the one who went to tell the king when that plot was against him and he was going to, he was, he was going to, no, sorry, you know, um, so no, no, let me not mix this, mix up the story. No, it wasn't, Esther didn't, didn't say anything. Nothing was done for, for Mordecai, but you can see that Esther also is stylishly, you know, luring, luring the king on. Obviously, he realizes, she realizes that the king is happy with her, is pleased with her. So he asked her again that even if it's up to half of my kingdom, I will give it to you. Verse 3 says, Queen Esther replied, If I have found favor with the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my request, I ask that my life and the lives of my people will be spared. For my people and I have been sold to those who will who would kill, slaughter, and annihilate us. If we had merely been sold as slaves, I would I could remain quiet, for that would be too trivial a matter to warrant disturbing the king. And I'm telling you, if you look at Esther, she knows how to talk. Yes. Hmm. If you're a young lady listening this morning, yes. Esther knows how to talk. She knows how to talk to kings. Look at the way she's t- talking to him. She knows how to how to wet his ego. Okay, she tells him that look, if it was just the fact that we were sold, sold as slaves, I would not have even bothered, you know, bringing something trivial, you know, to you know to you know to to disturb my you know my king, you know. And I'm telling you, the guy's head is swelling at this point. A man, the still does not know or sense danger. Okay, but the king is wondering seriously, someone is planning to kill you, to annihilate you, you that you have pleased me so much. Verse 5 says, Who would who would do such a thing? King Zesis demanded, Who would uh, be so presumptuous as to touch you? Uh-huh. Six Esther replied, This wicked Amman is our adversary and our enemy. Amman grew pale with fright before the king. And Queen, so he's just realizing something that was set in stone that should have been obvious to even a blind person. Okay, he was just realizing. Then the king jumped to his feet in a rage and went out into the palace garden. And I'm telling you, maybe up to this point, the king was not yet thinking of killing him. A man, however, stayed 
behind to plead for his life with Queen Esther, for he knew that the king intended to kill him. Obviously, he knew the advice advice he had been giving the king, so he knew uh, he knew his own end. In despair, he fell on the couch where Queen Esther was reclining, just as the king was returning from from the palace garden. And I'm telling you, divine providence. You see how it works. The king exclaimed, "Will he even assault?" the queen right here in the palace before my very eyes and as soon as the king spoke his attendants covered a man's face signaling his doom hmm. i'm telling you when that happened ah you are dead though you are gone verse 9 then abona one of the king's eunuchs said a man has set up a sharpened pole that stands 75 feet tall in his own courtyard he intended to use it to impale mordecai the man who saved the king from assassination then impaled a man on it the king ordered so they impaled a man on the pole he had set up for mordecai and the king's anger subsided so quite quite interesting right how god can defeat okay the counsel of wickedness the counsel of you know of sambalat and tobias of ahitophel you know people like that uh-huh. iman was someone like that but i'm telling you god can defeat the counsel of the wicked over you you don't have to fight your own battles god can fight your battles for you i would have said let's stop here today but no please let's take a uh, chapter chapter ahead so that we then end this tomorrow so haven't esther haven't you know saved our people you know got the king to deal with with a man we will then see what esther would then do on that same day king Xerxes gave the property of Aman, the enemy of the jews to queen esther then mordecai was brought before the king for esther had told the king how they were related okay so yes this was when esther brought mordecai to the king verse 2 says the king took off his signet ring which he had taken back from Aman and gave it to mordecai and esther appointed mordecai to be in charge of Aman's property but I'm telling you, in giving him that signet ring, uh, it was literally uh, the next to the king. It was literally the prime minister. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you remember this account also happened with Joseph. Verse 3 says, Then Esther went again before the king, falling down at his feet and begging him with tears to stop the evil plot devised by Amon the Agagite against uh, the Jews. Again, the king held out the gold scepter to Esther. So she rose and stood before him. Esther said, If it please the king, and if I have found favor with him, do you see the way they talk with kings? Yes, so someone needs to learn this morning. Say, if it please, please the king, and if I have found favor with him, and if he thinks it is right, and if I am pleasing to him, let there be a decree that reverse, reverses the orders of Amon, son of Amidat, Amidata, the Agagites, who ordered that Jews throughout all the king's provinces should be destroyed for how can i endure to see my people and my family slaughtered and destroyed then king Xerxes said to queen esther and mordecai the jew i have given esther the property of Aman, and it has been impaled on a pole uh, uh, pole because it tried to destroy the jews now go ahead and send a message to the jews in the king's name telling them whatever you want and seal it with the king's signet ring but remember that whatever 
has already been written in the king's name and sealed with his signet ring can never be revoked so i'm telling you this again is divine providence because the king just gave them the solution yes the solution of what to do yeah the solution of what to do because the king knew that look he couldn't recall he couldn't cancel his own decree so he gave them a way of, of how to you know to overcome that decree 99 says so on june 25th the king's secretary secretaries were summoned and a decree was written exactly as mordecai dictated it was sent to the jews and to the highest office officers the governors and the nobles of all the 127 provinces stretching from the india to ethiopia the, the decree was written in the in the scripts and languages of all the peoples of the empire including that of the jews the decree was written in the name of king Xerxes and sealed with the king's signet ring mordecai sent the dispatches by swift messengers who rode fast horses especially bread for the king's service the king's decree gave the jews in every city authority to unite to defend their lives they were allowed to kill, slaughter, and annihilate anyone of any nationality or province who might attack them or their children and wives, and to take the properties, the property of their enemies. So now it will look, it will just look like a spot. I have just given them the right to defend themselves. Shabia, I said my first decree was that you guys should take them out. Now I have given them a right to defend themselves, and I'm telling you, ah. Uh, added to the fact that Mordecai was now like, literally the prime minister <laughs> the Jews had the advantage verse 12 says the day are chosen for this event throughout all the provinces of King Xerxes was March 7th of the next year remember that March 7th was the exact day same day that that um, Amon had chosen that they would have been wiped out okay so Mordecai is smart the day that they would have been wiped out is the day that the king has given them the right to defend themselves a copy of this decree was uh, was to be issued as law in every province and proclaimed to all people so that the Jews will be ready to take revenge on their enemies on the appointed day they were not supposed to just attack everybody no they were only supposed to defend themselves if you didn't attack them they were to stay on their own 14 says so urge so urge on by the king's command the messengers rode out swiftly on fast horses uh, bred for the king's service the same decree was also proclaimed in the forest in the fortress of susa then mordecai left the king's presence wearing the royal robe of blue and white the great crown of gold and an outer cloak of fine linen and purple and the people of susa celebrated the new decree the jews were filled with joy and gladness and were honored everywhere in every province and city wherever the king's decree arrived the jews rejoiced and had a great celebration and declared a public festival and holiday and many of the people of the land became jews themselves for they feared what the jews might do to them all right so we stop our reading here today i don't know about you but i take many 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 lessons from here today first of all the humility oh no let's start with esther again 
Esther's courage is outstanding, right? Yes, Esther's courage is outstanding. Esther's, you know, willingness to go the extra mile, trusting in God, trusting in prayer in the face of trouble. I think we can take that from here today. The next time you are faced with trouble, it doesn't mean you don't do it, you will not do anything. Remember, Esther did a lot, and I'm sure there were a lot of planning with everything she did, but she prayed. She prayed, and because she prayed, God gave her wisdom what to do every time. That's one. Also, I learned from Aman. Yes, so Aman, pride and a haughty heart goes before fall and destruction. Okay, so if you're listening this morning and you know that you are an Aman, you are proud. Okay, no one can talk to you. Everyone has to put their heads down if they have to talk to you. Listen, this morning, there's a fall in front of you. It is time to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And that's where our third lesson comes from, from Mordecai. Humble yourself. However, Mordecai has risen to, you can see that he is still humble. And as you humble yourself, I'm telling you, God will lift you up in the mighty name of Jesus. I want us to begin to pray as we go today. Lord, I'm learning from these three people. Help me to put my trust in you. Help me to trust in prayer, Lord, whenever I'm faced with any situation. Father, help me, Lord, to be like a Mordecai. Help me to stay humble no matter what I have achieved. Lord, unlike a man, Lord, I will not be proud. In the mighty name of Jesus, will you lift up your voice and pray today? Father, we say thank you. Father, we just say thank you today. Thank you for the lessons that we have learned in your presence. Father, your word says that, Lord, you will lift up the humble. For everyone humbling themselves before your throne today, I ask, Father, you will lift them up. Lord, bless them on every side. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, what they do not deserve, Lord, just like Mordecai, Lord, you will cause to happen for them. In the name of Jesus, Father, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.